There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Always follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow the money. Yeah, yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSEN. Hour three of Follow the Money. Good morning. Tim Murray sitting in for the boys this morning. Mitch and Paul on vacation. I'll be with you all week here on Follow the Money. I'll be joined by, uh, joined by I think, my colleague Sean King later on in the week. But we roll through on a President's Day Monday and uh, fired up for tonight's showdown in Fort Worth. TCU hosting Kansas. Where right now, TCU is a two-point favorite. And to, uh, to break it down and to tell us what everything is going on this year in college basketball. We bring on ESPN analyst, longtime Division I men's basketball coach at Long Beach State, South Florida, and Virginia Tech, Seth Greenberg. Coach, I want to start with tonight, and then we'll kind of move backwards, because this game, TCU and Kansas, there's I don't want to say there's so much on the line, because both these teams are, are secure, and Kansas has 13 quad one wins. But you know, for TCU, Coach, it felt like, Jamie Dixon's squad was starting to fall, you know, uh, out of favor. Then Mike Miles comes back. They drop 100 on Oklahoma State. So what are you anticipating tonight in Fort Worth? And what is, remember, a revenge game? Because TCU went to Fog Allen and did the unthinkable. They won by 20 at Fog Allen. Yeah, this will be interesting. Mike Miles totally changes the dynamic of this TCU team. They play at warp speed with him on the floor. The ability to play ahead of the defense, the ability to be disruptive defensively. Uh, he's kind of like the engine that makes this team go. So, you know, you talk about the four losses that TCU had. You know what? Without Mike Miles, you can't evaluate them. On the other hand, you're talking about a Kansas team that, you know, the first time these guys played, they had 17 turnovers. Dewan Harris did not score a field goal. And it's been well-documented. We talk about it every single time. When Dwan Harris struggles, Kansas struggles. Uh, he doesn't have to score a ton, but he's got to put pressure on the defense. We saw that this weekend in the Baylor game. He doesn't score in the first half. In the second half, he does a great job defensively, and he's a little bit more aggressive. Just by being more aggressive, it opens up the floor for Grady Dick. It opens up the floor for Jalen Wilson. It opens up the floor for Kevin McCullough. It opens up the floor for K.J. Adams. So I think first and foremost, take care of the basketball, Kansas. Number two, obviously, you've got to contain the speed and the quickness uh, and the explosiveness that Mikey Miles brings to this TCU team. When you look at Kansas, they win the national championship last year. 
their ability to to claw back into games is really impressive. It started in the national championship game, right? They're down double digits. The UNC they ultimately pulled that one out, and then you think back to Saturday. They're down in that first half, and, and like you alluded, Dewan Harris held scoreless, and then they just go off in the second half, fifty-five to twenty-six domination. So let's start with Kansas. You know, are they right now, Coach, the best team in the country in your opinion? I think Alabama's still the best team in the country. Uh, they're, I call them Noah's Ark. They're, they get to everything. They got four post guys, actually. They got two point guards. They got two wings. You know, Ryan Griffin is, is emerged as another guy that they can put in a game. I think Brandon Miller is a absolute problem. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of Paul George, a little bit of Kevin Durant. So I, I think that Kansas is in the conversation because of what they did the other day. Remember, they did that against Miami to go to the, to yep. the Final Four, the comeback. And obviously, they had the great comeback against North Carolina, and then the comeback. And that's, that's a credit to Bill Self, his ability to connect with his guys, make adjustments, uh, get their guy, his guys to get to the next play, not try to get all 14 or 13 points back in one play, but get a stop, have a good offensive possession. And they own the first four minutes of the second half. They flip that game against Baylor in four minutes by just being more assertive defensively, not switching one through five, hard hedging on the one, five, two, five, and three, five ball screen. So they kept McCuller connected to Keontae George. They kept obviously uh, Dewan Harris connected to, uh, to Flagler, which really changed the game. And then they were more aggressive offensively. I thought Jalen Wilson defended himself some in the first half, missed a couple shots, got down on himself. Stood around, didn't cut hard. Uh, Bill Self has a way to to push the right button, and that's why you know he's had success. He's had. He's a Hall of Fame coach. When you look at Baylor, this is a team that I want to believe in, and I want to believe that can make a run. And I think there are plenty of teams that can make a run. But does it worry you, Coach? As we're talking to Seth Greenberg, college basketball analyst for ESPN, when you look at the advanced numbers. They're, they were number one, now they're number two in adjusted offensive efficiency, but they're 85th in defense. Does the defense for Scott Drew's team, is that your drawback uh, of them potentially making a six-game run in March, or do you think that the, the Bears could do it? I think the Bears could do it because Jonathan Chamachachua is back, and if he mm-hmm. can play 20, 25 minutes a game, his ability to defend ball screens, his ability, to, especially in transition, he's unbelievable how he gets up on those ball screens and helps. Uh, he gives him 20 more minutes. He makes Flo Thamba more effective because he, he's not asked to do as much. Um, he's got a toughness. And I, I said this in our game day show this week. He also gives that team someone to look to as a leader. And what I mean by that is they got great leaders in Flagler and great leaders in Cryer and, and County George is bought in. But the adversity that Jonathan uh, Chama JTT has gone through it's got to be an inspiration to anyone around him. So when you hit face adversity, which you're going to face in the NCAA tournament, you're going to face it after you give up a huge lead to Kansas. You have a guy in that locker room. You have a guy beside you that has persevered a horrific, horrific injury and fought through it to get back and be with his team. And I think in a lot of ways that's going to be inspiration, but defensively he really impacts the game. I mean, he really is a terrific ball screen defender. He gets up and out. He can contain. He can switch. Uh, the one thing I say is, and this sounds crazy, the Big 12 is the best conference in college basketball. I think there's seven teams in the top 60 in, in defensive efficiency. There's six teams that, that think about this is crazy, force between 19.195 and 20% of their possessions defensively forced to turnover, uh, which results in this between 16 and 21 points. Here's my concern for the Big 12 just as a whole. It's so aggressive. Mm-hmm. It's so physical. It's so tough. They keep you on one side of the floor. They trap the box. They bang every cutter. In the NCAA tournament, that's not flying. It's not flying because in the NCAA tournament, those officials, especially the first two weekends, they want to advance. And to advance, they've got to call physical play. Now, come to Final Four, I think they loosen it up like guys play. But in those first two rounds, the, the physicality of the defense that's played in the Big 12, I'm really interested to watch if that's going to have an impact on how many teams in that conference advance in the NCAA tournament. Because they redefine a foul. They foul every play that league. It's crazy. It reminds me of when I was coaching Long Beach State, UNLV. Coach Tark's teams were so physical, played so hard, were up and into you. 
that, you know, they basically redefined a foul. And I'm interested to see the Big 12, who I love. I love the conference. Absolutely love it. Great atmosphere, great energy, great passion, great ownership, terrific coaching. But it's physical, and it'll be interesting to see how it is officiated. That's a fascinating way to look at it, especially, you know, people trying to look into uh, who's going to make that run. Uh, as we're talking to Seth Greenberg, college basketball analyst for ESPN, longtime Division One men's basketball coach, Long Beach State, South Florida, and Virginia Tech. Um, you mentioned leadership and, and physicality, so that, that immediately brought me to Houston. You know, that is a team with some grown men. Um, it almost feels like, Coach, they're, they're falling uh, into a little bit of the Gonzaga syndrome for, for years and years, which was you play this really tough non-con, you're high above the rankings, and then you fall into a conference. It's not their fault that the AAC is down, and they had a, a little bit of a test yesterday against a, a talented Memphis team bringing back some pieces, but... Houston, it feels like a little bit out of sight, out of mind. Um, I guess let's start pros and cons. Why can they make a run and win a national championship, Coach? And then secondly, why? what would be their downfall, in your opinion? Well, they could make a run because they remind me a little bit of Villanova in terms of their culture and their identity. Um, their culture is so strong. Their identity is so rich. Look, they're an elite. I don't care who they're playing against. They're an elite defensive team. They're a physical defensive team. They're an elite rebounding team. They're a physical rebounding team. They have experienced backcourt. Uh, maybe as good a backcourt as in the country. Uh, you know, you look at Baylor, you look at Houston. You know, to me, you look at NC State as some of the premier backcourts in the country. Uh, they don't play the fastest pace, but they turn you over. They get to the offensive glass. So those are all reasons why. Now, look, their metrics offensively are good. But if you dig a little deeper and watch them, all right, they you know they rely on those guards to make plays. And they rely on their ability to rebound a missed shot. Sometimes a missed shot is their best offense. Sometimes a turnover is their best offense. If you don't turn it over, you get to you know to a game that goes to the lead eight. You're probably playing against the team you're not punking. You're not turning over that can rebound the ball. They haven't gotten there because they weren't physical. They weren't tough. They weren't disciplined. They didn't take care of the ball. They didn't rebound the ball. So if you look at it, if you take points versus turnovers, right? they forced turnovers 22% of their possessions, and you take away points on second chance, the offensive rebound, this is a staggering number, 37% of their misses. You take those away and just put them in, in, in a normal metric. Can they score in the half court? And look, Sasser can break you down, but you know they're not—they're not out tricking you in the half court now. You know, they're going to play a little free out. They're going to play some ball screens. They're going to you know, run a little triangle action. Uh, you know, they're—they're they're all right. They're all right. I mean, Trayvon Mark can make a shot, and Jamal Shedd can get to the rim. And I—you know—I love Marcus Sasser. Their backcourt does remind me a little bit of Baylor's backcourt uh, that won the national championship. But I'm not sure that they have the consistency of maybe varied ways to score. And, uh, you know, Jarris Walker is going to be a terrific, terrific player, but he doesn't show up every night. Yeah. You know, he just doesn't. You know, he, he's talented as could be. He should give them an inside scoring. So I think it's going to be fascinating to watch that. Fascinating to watch. In less than three weeks, we'll have a bracket in our hands. Seth, we appreciate the insight. Love your work on ESPN. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Anytime. There he is. Coach Greenberg, Seth Greenberg, college basketball analyst from ESPN. Do I have a play in pocket tonight? We'll tell you that next right here on Follow the Money. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. to determine the winner of any given college basketball game. Someone gives you 10,000 to 1 on anything. You take it, take it, take it. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you 3 to 1 odds. Nope. 5 to 1. Nope. 10 to 1. You're right. Tim Murray sitting in for the boys here on Follow the Money. Mitch and Paul out this week. We'll be back next week. And by then, we'll... Be only just a couple weeks away from the NCAA tournament. College or NBA will be back. Things will be back in full swing come next week. All right, just a couple plays. It's a it's a rather slow 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 slate. Light slate? Slow slate? I don't know. Low slow slate. Let's do let's roll with that. Uh, I'm gonna with TCU tonight. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Just talked to Seth Greenberg about it. I want to get to uh I want to rehash that here in a little bit. We'll start with my hesitations on this. One. It's a revenge game. Revenge is a dish best served cold. And we see it all the time. We see all these teams lose earlier in the year, exact their revenge. Do I have to remind you of the worst bet that I've made all year? When I bet Loyola Marymount on Thursday night catching eight against Gonzaga and they lost by 43. It was a revenge spot. Gonzaga wasn't taking their foot off the pedal. They also had 68 points in the first half, which was not great. But I do like this spot for TCU. They're at home. They're coming off of a very, very impressive game against Oklahoma State. And it just looks like this is a completely different team. I went ahead and looked up what this team was, what TCU was without Mike Miles on the floor. They were the 94th best team in the country, according to BartTorvik.com. 94th. During a six-game stretch when Mike Miles was out with a hyperextended knee. They went one in five. That includes the loss that they had against Mississippi State where he only played four minutes. He comes back. They put up a hundy spot against Oklahoma State. This is a team, I'm not going to say desperate, because they're, they're solidly in the field right now. And if you go to Bracket Matrix, which is a great website, great resource, which kind of aggregates uh, all of the bracketologists out there, Right now, TCU's on the sixth line. They win tonight. They keep inching back up. And TCU's a team that a lot of people that I respect, prior to the Mike Miles injury, we're talking about, hey, this is a team that can make a run. I mean, think about last year in the NC, you know, during the year. They get bounced in the second round of the NCAA tournament. They took Arizona to overtime in that second round game the number one seed in the region. They were a nine seed last year, but they took Arizona to overtime. And since then, this year, some really high highs, some lows, you know, an early season loss to Northwestern State. Um, But I think this is a big spot for TCU here tonight. So I laid minus 120 on the money line. Go to vcin.com slash picks. All our picks from every person on the network. Sometimes they're thrown in when we're not on shows, so we get the best of the number. So it's up to minus 130, but I still think the TCU is a good spot for them. It is revenge, but Kansas, this is a team that maybe they're getting right at the right time, right? 
team that lost Ochai Abaji, lost Christian Brown. Jalen Wilson, though, is a legit, probably not going to win it because of Zach Eady, but is a legit National Player of the Year candidate. Worth the discussion. Grady Dick has had his moments. They got a lot of different pieces. Incredibly well coached, obviously. Can overcome so many different um, deficits. Down 13 at the half against Baylor. End up winning by 16. But I like this spot. Quick turnaround. College game day was there at Fall Gallon. They have to go on the road to Texas. Quick turnaround. So uh, give me TCU uh, on this. And uh, so there you go. Um, In Pocket, presented by Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Check out their daily specials posted afternoon Eastern at BetRivers.com. Once again, Tim Murray hanging out with you here on a President's Day Monday. Uh, I did go ahead and uh, and take a little bite on a TCU future this weekend. I talked about it with Matt Humans on the College Basketball Betting Podcast, which you can get wherever you get your podcasts. We just wrapped up our first week, so uh, go ahead and uh, subscribe. Tell a friend, too, if you, if you don't mind, because uh, just like our College Football Betting Podcast, we're going to pump those out about three a week. So I took a little dabble on TCU at 40 to 1. I still think there's some 35 to 1s out there. And here's the thing. This wasn't me buying it. I actually missed We talked about it on the podcast. I didn't play it. And then I'm watching TCU just dismantle Oklahoma State. I'm thinking, "Ah, man, I missed it. I missed the boat." Wanted a 40 to 1. And there actually were still some 40 to 1s out there, multiple spots. I think William Hill uh, if you live here locally, stations, uh, which I know a lot of people here at the network talk about. I know we're a national entity here, so a lot of you aren't here locally. But there were 40 to 1s out there. Can TCU make a run? I, I think so. And I'll tell you what, if they win tonight, those those odds are going to be long gone. So I took a little flyer on TCU. Right now, I'll pull up my uh, my futures portfolio uh, because, you know, Matt Newman's talked about Arizona as a potential team that can make a run. So I, I tailed him. I took a little on them at 22 to 1. Uh, Creighton is a team that had so much preseason hype, and now they're kind of living up to it. So Creighton's one of those teams in that 30 to 1 range that, that could be worth a look. Um, you know, the Blue Jays, the thing I like about them is that they do it on both ends 27th in adjusted offensive efficiency, 11th in adjusted defensive efficiency, and they play Marquette tomorrow night. That's going to be a great game to watch in uh, in Omaha. So Marquette and Creighton tomorrow night, that's going to be a revenge spot too. December 16th, that was the last game of the six-game losing streak for Creighton when they fell to 6-6 six and six on the year. Remember they played out in uh, Maui, Creighton did, played that Thriller against Arizona in the Maui Invitational Championship. They came back to the mainland, lost to Texas. Ryan Kalkbrenner got mono uh, and was out three or four games. Now it just seems like everything's starting to come together for Creighton. Can't wait to watch that one. That one tomorrow night, uh, Marquette and Creighton. I do want to revisit real quickly. We were just chatting with uh, Seth Greenberg, Houston, because I think there's going to be a lot of people who don't believe in Houston. And then a lot of people that are out there that that trust them, look, they're going to be number one in the AP poll when it comes out today because Purdue uh, Purdue lost. They were at three. Alabama lost. So Houston's going to be your new number one team. They didn't cover yesterday, but got the win over Memphis. Um, we have some Kelvin Sampson sound, and I'm going to play it for you. Houston is a really interesting team, and and I, I loved hearing from Seth Greenberg and what he thought about it, but... Um, now, here's Kelvin Sampson following yesterday's eight-point victory. Didn't get the cover. They were laying 14-and-a-half against Memphis. But this is Kelvin Sampson after the game. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about you know what, what to believe in when it comes to the Houston Cougars. So here's Coach Sampson from yesterday. You know, it's such a long season. We played so many games that there's going to be ups and downs with all these kids. Um, because they played great, they're going to – it's usually a sign that probably not going to play great the next one. And if they play poorly, they're not going to play poorly the next one. There's going to be a lot of uh, ups and downs. Um, but effort can't be ups can't be ups and downs with effort. Um, you know how hard you play, how hard you uh, compete. 
Um, and that's that's something that we've tried to uh, hang our, our hat on. And, and that's one thing you, you will certainly never deny when you see a Houston team. And think about that when they got bounced last year in the Elite Eight. Now, they didn't have Marcus Sasser. was out with injury. They lost to Villanova 50-44, to a game that I think set basketball back about 10 years. I had the under, by the way, in that one. So that was, a, that was, that was a, one of those no-sweat unders. You always get worried about unders, you know, fouling late in games. But when you get 94 total points, you're like, okay, I think I'm in uh, good shape here. Um, what, what always worries me about teams like Houston, and it's not they play in the American Athletic Conference. They've made runs before. They've made a Final Four before. I'm not worried about the level of competition. However, the tempo that they play at always kind of worries me when it comes to the NCAA tournament. Houston, Tennessee, St. Mary's, Virginia, all of these teams, when you look at adjusted tempo, look all the way down. There's 363 college basketball teams. Virginia, 361. St. Mary's, 360. Houston, 348. Why does this worry me? Because when you play at a low tempo like that, there's less possessions. Less possessions, in theory, could lead to a potential upset if someone's hanging around. So I always get a bit worried, but Houston, no, there's no denying, in my opinion, they are legitimate. They proved it last year, making the run to the Elite Eight. They absolutely have got a great shot to be a national champion. However, in this year's college basketball, folks, there is no way I would endorse a future anywhere under 10 to 15 to 1. And Houston is in that 8, 7 to 8 range. So no thank you on a Houston future. It is Follow the Money. Tim Murray in for Mitch and Paul. Come on back on VSIN. Win Some, Lose Some is presented by Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Check out their daily specials at BetRivers.com. Were you a winner last night? All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Wow, winning. Or was it a rough one? Well, they can't all be winners, can they? Loser! You're a loser! Molly Howard recaps the night in sports betting in Win Some, Lose Some. Tim Murray in for Mitch and Paul this week and today. Hey, it's President's Day. By the way, the fact that George Washington doesn't play every President's Day is a trap. Come on. What are we doing? President's Day. Every President's Day, George Washington should be playing some hoops. All right. That's, that's, that's for losing. Win some from the weekend that was Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Who's that 41 to ticket? Let me see it. Anyone out there? 40 to 1? Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Holds off Joey Logano. 40 to 1. I know, I know. All-star game is no good. No fun. Maybe it is fun. Michael Malone said the worst basketball game ever. But if you're cashing tickets, it's a lot more fun, especially if you had Jason Tatum at 10-1 to 1 to win NBA All-Star Game MVP. Dropped a 55 spot yesterday in the All-Star Game as uh, Team Giannis takes down Team LeBron. So if you took the points with Team Giannis, you were happy. Also, if you took the over, that is now cashed in 11 of the last 14 all-star games. What was it? 184, 180, 170, 184, 175. <laughs> the under actually hit last year, believe it or not. 163, 160. It hit under. I think it was 325 is where they closed. Over the weekend, uh, Saturday night, the uh, Saturday night skills competition, Dame time. Dame time. Took care of the three-point competition. Shout out to Rick Cam- uh, Kamla, who joined uh, my show, Prime Primetime, earlier in the week. We were going through all of the three-point comp- uh, competitors. He says, stop! Dame, there's your winner. He's like, all right. I think he closed the favorite at most spots, but still pretty decent price. North of $4 as Dame Time wins the three-point competition. Mac McClung, the pride of Virginia, the Commonwealth. Threw on his old high school jersey. Just signed a two-way with the Sixers. He wins your dunk contest. There were some shops. Here in Nevada, you can't bet on the dunk contest because it's graded out. It, you know, It's got uh, judges. But there are jurisdictions across the country that 
will allow you to bet on the dunk contest. There were some plus 250 prices, I want to say, maybe even higher. Ultimately, he closed short plus money, even some odds on out there. And even if you laid it, let's say you laid a buck 20 with Mac McClung, you watch this first dunk, you're like, yeah, I'm good. Every one of his dunks he made, which is the best part. <laughs> Honestly, that was the best part of the whole competition. Once again, I caught it on Twitter. That's the best part about the dunk contest. You don't need to watch it live. What do we need all the pomp and circumstance? Just show me the dunks on social media. That's what I did as I was sweating out and hoping that Aiden Mahaney of St. Mary's didn't uh, continue to make buckets so BYU could ultimately cover the, uh, the 10 and a half, which they did. Thank you, Cougars. Appreciate that. All right, yesterday at the Riv, John Rahm, his birdie on 14, his approach, or I guess his first shot on 16, par three, that pretty much slammed it in for John Rahm to edge out Max Home. A couple bogeys on the back nine, but ultimately John Rahm plus 750 brings home the Genesis Invitational. Max Home, I was hoping we could get him home. A lot of people here at the network, 25 to one or so, an LA kid. We had Steve Sands on VEASAN Primetime, and he said that the Genesis at the Riv is the most important non-major for Max Homa every year. He actually heard from Max Homa after it and got a little emotional, but said he was proud of the way he played, proud that he pushed John Rahm, and he said, you know, outside of Tiger, the consistency that he sees from John Rahm is what is so impressive. No surprise here, John Rahm, your favorite right now at the Masters. Speaking of Tiger, how about Tiger making the cut? Plus money. Finished one under for the Genesis. Tied for 45th. So made the cut. Could have got around 2-1 to one on Tiger. So he made the cut. He was uh, right on the cut line. Did not have a great Friday. I think he shot a 74 on Friday. But ultimately, he makes the cut. Good job by Tiger. We've been talking a lot of Big 12 hoops. How about on Saturday? Kansas down double digits at the half. Down 45-32 at the half to Baylor. Came out and blasted the Bears in the second half. 55 to 26, covering the five and then some. 87 to 71. And then I like letdowns and also bounce backs. I did not lay the 18 and a half with Alabama. But how about the Crimson Tide? Coming off of their loss earlier in the week as the freshly minted number one team in college basketball, they beat Georgia by 49. They dropped 108 on the Bulldogs. This is a Georgia team that is 16 and was 16 to 10. They beat them 108 to 59. Alabama, just to, to put this into perspective here for you guys, their last two losses, they lost to Oklahoma, right, by 24. The next game, they beat Vanderbilt by 57, 101 to 44. They lose to Tennessee this week, or last week, I should say. On Saturday, they beat Georgia by 49. Seems like Nate Oates' squad is uh, can figure out ways to to bounce back. All right, I think we have one more winsome, and we gonna we have the Jerry Kill picture. I'm gonna throw it to you. look at look at Coach Kill. Yeah, getting his first tattoo. New Mexico State won the Quick Lane Bowl over Bowling Green 24-19. They were a dog. And New Mexico State, remember they had the they had a game canceled uh, due to the tragedy with San Jose State. They had their waiver approved. They played a, an FCS team in Valpo, smoked them in the final regular season game. They go the day after Christmas to Detroit. They get the win. And Jerry Kill, baby. Getting the tat. I like it. All right. From win some, got to have some lose some. And talk about bounce back spots. Talk about letdown spots. Terps. Come on, man. Went into Pinnacle Bank and did not emerge victorious. You beat Purdue on Thursday, and then you go on the road to Lincoln, and you lose to the corn. Nebraska. Good spot to back Nebraska. Shouts to anyone who did. I took a little first half and I was thinking I was I was thinking very highly of myself after taking I think it was three in the first half with Nebraska because Maryland came back took the lead 
but good for Nebraska. Good for Fred Hoiberg's squad to, to pull this victory off against Maryland. It's a good win for them. Bad loss for Maryland. Not devastating by any stretch. They're still in good shape to make the NCAA tournament. Kind of on that 7-8 line right now. Still have the opportunities, but Maryland is just a different team. At home, I mean, Maryland finds a way. They've beat Purdue at home. They've beat Indiana at home. Um, and now losing on the road at Nebraska. Uh, good for the Terps, so they get to respond and play Minnesota uh, coming up on uh, later on this week. Also lose some, North Carolina. Yes, they were an underdog. Why are they in the lose some? Because they were the preseason number one team in the country. And they are 0-9 in quad one games. 0-9 in quad one games. That is horrendous. And they'll have an opportunity to get their first quad one victory at home next weekend against Virginia. But QB Brown squad is on the outside looking in. A team that was up double digits in the, in the national championship last year. Brought back, what, four starters? I mean, Brady Manick must be sitting around right now wherever Brady Manick is and saying, man, I was pretty important to that North Carolina team, huh? They can't even make the NCAA tournament without me. We'll see. They are going to be a favorite, likely, in their final four games. They get Duke at home, too, to close out the regular season. So some opportunities out there. But 0-9. Yikes. I mean... You want to find a random team that has a quad one win? You know what has a quad one win? Southern Illinois. You know what has three quad one wins? Temple. I'm just rolling down the list. Georgia, the team that just got absolutely obliterated, has a quad one win. Seattle has a quad one win. All right. North Carolina. Kind of need one of those. Tulsa. Plus 11 and a half against Temple. Why is this on Lusum? Because Tulsa loses a lot. And not just lose. They don't cover the spread. They are, after not covering yesterday in a 20-plus point loss to Temple, 3-21-2 against the spread. 3-21-2. The Golden Hurricane, if you've been fading them, they have been making your wallet that much fatter. 3 21 and 2. Catching 11 and a half yesterday. Lost to Temple by 22. As basketball and hockey seasons continue, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be. Bet Rivers has you covered for every line, odd, and boost. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Saturday Hockey Same Game Parlay, Bet and Get, Weekly Pro Basketball, Bet and Get, and more. Check out BetRivers.com or Download the Bet Rivers app. It's a whole new game. Wrap up the show with senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel. It's Follow the Money on Visa. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates, young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. If you're looking for a betting edge on the NHL, NBA, or college basketball, the VSIN experts have got you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer for only $9.99. VSIN Pro subscribers get access to our Bailey Daily, not Bailey, recap of top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests, tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VSIN betting guides for the biggest games of the season where our experts break down brackets, best bets, and daily props. Don't miss out. On this limited time offer, visit vsin.com slash subscribe today to sign up for only $9.99. That's vsin.com slash subscribe. Wrapping things up here on Follow the Money, filling in for Mitch and Paul all week long. Won't be solo, from what I understand, the rest of the week, but holding it down today and uh, appreciate our next guest coming on, the man, the myth, the legend, John Von Tobel, Jonathan Von Tobel, at me, JVT, our senior NBA analyst here on VSIN. And uh, I, I've left us nine and a half minutes for us to just, you know, rip into the All Star game. You know, I remember when they used to slap the floor like Steve Wojciechowski, palms right. up and play some D. De- Who cares, man? Like, really? We're getting worked up about this. Um, but the only thing I said, because I did not bet anything on the All Star game. I believe it's now 11 of the last 14 JVT have gone over, and uh, I'd be curious to see what they set the total at next year because we had uh, a total of 323.5, and and you were really never in doubt of hitting that over. No, I got good closing line value at 324.5 and and went under. It still didn't really matter. (laughs) Uh, I throw a a small bet on the under just to have some fun during the All-Star break just to sweat, like, you know, the, um, the, um, the other side. But no, if you look, there's a couple of things. First off, if you don't know what you're getting into at this point when you tune into the NBA All-Star game, that's on you because this has been like this for quite a while. Outside of like, I think like two years ago, Nick Nurse was the coach and like he was throwing out like boxing ones on defense for like fun out of nowhere. Um, But unless you like, you know what you're doing. And to your point, these guys don't really care. You have guys coming afterwards saying, you know, Michael Ballone called it the worst basketball game he's ever been a part of. And, you know, John Morant and others or, or Anthony Edwards were asking guys to play hard. It was like, who cares? Like, you guys are going to go out there, have fun, showcase your athletic abilities, and get out. And to your point, these games are only going to get higher scoring until they switch things up or do whatever, shorten it up maybe, right? They make the game a little bit shorter. Uh, but I think we know what we're getting into at this point right now. So here we stand now. First half of the season was long gone, but this is kind of that official yeah. halfway part, right? So I think the question, and I remember, and I brought this up earlier in the show, you were on Visa Prime primetime with me, and we were talking about, you know, preseason bets, right? And the odds, I think at BetMGM, I can't remember specific. I think it was like plus 175 for the Lakers to miss the playoffs. Oh, it was, it was over $2. Over $2. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So my question to you, JVT, so you have that in pocket. And now you can get them to make the playoffs at plus $2. So you could, in theory, lock in a profit, but you would be eating away at some of yours. So from where you lo- how you look at it now, where the Lakers are, I think, two games out of the last play-in spot, and then obviously they have to play themselves into the eight-team eight field, do you think this Lakers team makes a run, and I'm not saying to win a title, just to make the field of eight? Would you look at plus $2 for this Lakers team? Because LeBron, I guess, yesterday or Saturday said these are, you know, the most important regular season games or, you know, whatever, however, however yeah. he phrased it, of his career. What are you expecting from the Lakers down the stretch here with the moves that they've made and, and where they sit? Yeah, what year was it that he went to zero dark 30 mode? Remember that? <laughs> he had that. Uh, I think they went to the finals that year. It could be wrong. So maybe this means something. Um, no, look, so after the trade deadline, when Kelly and I did the Harvard Handicappers podcast, we came out of that thing with two bets. It was looking at the Warriors to win the Western Conference and it was looking at the Lakers to make the playoffs. Uh, you are not investing in them, to your point, Tim to win the NBA Finals, uh, to win the Western Conference. But realistically, like given the new look of this team, right, and how much better it fits, you know, with some more space, with more with some more shooting, to use the term, to use the stat, I think it was StatMuse who had this. Before the trade deadline, they had two guys that shot better than 36% from three. Now they have six, right? Like, they did a really good job of adding shooting to this roster. 
I think it would make sense that they have the the team that is constructed to make it into the top eight. To your point, you got to do it through the play-in. And I think that's where you get a little risky, right? Because think about this, Tim. The West play-in could be Dallas, Golden State, the Lakers and the Pelicans in whatever particular order, <laughs> if it falls, if it falls that way, right? Yeah. And and we're talking about a fully healthy New Orleans Pelicans and a fully healthy Golden State Warriors, one would assume, if they can't dig their way out. And Dallas is only a half game out of the play in, and they're not playing any defense with Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving out there. So it could be a like a loaded play in tournament if it falls the right way for the Los Angeles Lakers. So you'd be in a tough spot because they'd be the lowest rated team uh, in that thing. Now, having said that. There's also a scenario when, in which it's like them, the Thunder, the Timberwolves, and maybe like the Golden State Warriors, right? That maybe one of these teams digs their way out and you'll be perfectly fine. But regardless, I would say to your overall point, if you're talking about two to one or maybe even better uh, for this team to make the playoffs, I would say that that is worth it because I do think they have enough in them to make a play in and to win a one-off game or two against any of the competition that would be in front of them. We're talking to Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst at MeJVT. Uh, he'll be off for a couple days because the NBA is off for a couple days, so he deserves a, yeah. a break with them as well. But just kind of looking at some big picture uh, type of things. You know, I, I'm curious. I know the team that I want to say either you or Kelly were very high on last year was the Heat. Um, here they stand at, at the seven seed. And the reason I bring them up, you know, not that Kevin Love is putting them over the top, but reportedly Kevin Love is going to head there uh, after he got bought out by, by Cleveland. You know, who could be in that Eastern Conference, which is pretty darn loaded, right, with Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, uh, with Cleveland. You know, who's a team a little bit further down that could, you know, make a run, could be just kind of a pain in the you-know-what in the second round for one of those higher seeds? I mean, if you're talking about pain in the butt, like a team that's still going to lose that series, but maybe like push it to six, yeah. I guess you're, go you're going to like Miami, right? I think that's the obvious one. Miami is a, a very good team in terms of, I, I put it this way, they drag teams down to their level, right, to make them fight there. And that's exactly what Miami does. They'll slow you down. They play a really good defense. They're a skilled team getting to the free throw line led by Jimmy Butler, like they do all the little things correctly, but they're not like an overtly skilled team. And the problem is... um, to make it to the second round, you got to win in the first round. And where they're currently seated, they're either looking at a uh, series, if they make it out of the play-in, with Milwaukee or Boston right off the top. Ooh. And I just don't know if that's really going to happen. So I think they're obviously trying to make a push here for potentially five or three, or excuse me, for six, because right now they're, what, two and a half games out of the five seed. Maybe Brooklyn continues to fall a little bit because Brooklyn's currently the five, but I think Brooklyn's constructed enough to kind of keep water by the time we get to the, play the playoffs to maybe stay in that five seed. But regardless, Tim, like I just this Miami team is so limited and even getting Kevin Love, like I was really surprised that they were as quiet as they were at the trade deadline, given all the struggles they have on offense. And look at the opponents that they'll face. Boston, Milwaukee, Philly and Cleveland are all top 10 defenses. So it's not like that offense is getting any better anytime soon if they were to face any one of those four teams, either in the first round or the second round. So to your overall question, the best candidate would be Miami because we have a long and storied history of that team just being very well coached. But in terms of the actual limitations of the roster they currently have, I find it hard to see them really making it past the first round. JVT, we saw the straw poll come out earlier this, the or I guess last week, right? The Tim Bontemps straw poll regarding the MVP market. 77 of the 100 voters uh, voted for Nikola Jokic. He's averaging a, a triple-double right now. It, it seems, based off of the information there, that he's going to win for a third consecutive year. When you look at the MVP market right now, based off of the information we just garnered from the straw poll, is there any bet to be made in your opinion? Oh, 100%. It's Giannis Antetokounmpo. Mm. And I know that I know that sounds weird, right, because of the straw poll, but if you actually look at it, Giannis climbed his way up the straw poll from the first time around. So he's been actually getting a little bit more support. And the other thing, too, is this is a team that's now won, I think they won, won 13 games going into the break, Yeah, uh, maybe 12 straight. Um, and Giannis has been a really big part of that, Tim. Giannis is also being uh, bantied about as a dark horse defensive player of the year candidate. He is starting to gain some traction. And so I, I think we're going to get one more straw poll. I could be wrong because there was a year that he released uh, three. But regardless, there's a couple of reasons why I immediately go to Giannis. First off, it's surprising the market. The market adjusts on Nikola Jokic up to minus 250. And yet Giannis is still the third choice at like 8-1 to one or something like that behind Joel Embiid. That's, I think, a, an incorrect pricing. I think he should be ahead of Joel Embiid. And I think he's closing the gap. Regardless of the fools, the three of them, who left Giannis off their ballot entirely, um, <laughs> that was ridiculous. How is that possible? Is, 
I, I have no idea. But he's starting to climb his way up here. And I think that poll told us that while Jokic is the prohibitive favorite, Giannis is, surprisingly enough, closing the gap. And I think that given the price that we have in the market, it's worth betting on, on Giannis Antetokounmpo to win MVP. Do you think the Bucks ultimately take that one seed from, from Boston? I, I think so, man. I, I think I think Milwaukee is power rated just as high as Boston. I, I think yeah. the market is really sleeping on this team. I, I thought it was foolish that the Suns bullied their way past them on the odds board. People better watch out for Milwaukee, especially with Jay Crowder. Those small ball lineups are going to be great. This team's really, really good. At me, JVT, is where you can follow him on Twitter. Catch him all over the network. And uh, enjoy your vacay, man. Thanks. Going to Super Mario Land on Thursday. Wish me luck. That sounds terrible. (laughs) (laughs) There he is. Jonathan Von Tobel. uh, Spoken like a, a man who has a youngster like he does as well. Good luck. I'll just say Godspeed. Gil is coming up next. I am Tim Murray. Thanks to everyone who joined the show. This has been Follow the Money on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets real steel offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16 2024 see participating retailer for details